0: on your monday episode of locked on raptors is scotty barnes bad now we'll talk about that he's probably fine the raptors however did have a pretty bad weekend going 0-2 against the thunder and pacers we will pick apart the rubble and figure out what's real what's not dig into the good the bad and the hmm so much more with our pal vivek jacob of raptors.com that's all coming up thanks so much for hanging oh like, because when i shot i expected to make it so like, i don't shoot trying to miss.
1: So.
0: Hey! What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1281 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, November the 14th. I'm your host Sean Woodley. You can find me on Twitter at woodleysean, where you can subscribe to my newsletter Post Touches, which does have a post forthcoming very soon. I'm very bad at keeping a schedule, you see, without like editors over me screaming for deadlines. I'm just like, yeah, I'll write it tomorrow. But I do have a piece that I'm working on uh, over at Post Touches, my new Substack. If you want to go check that out, I've also been covering the Raptors for nine whole seasons, so thanks for being along. Uh, You can find the show on Twitter. At Locked On Raptors, you can support the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. Subscribe, rate, review—all that good stuff—and we are, of course, on YouTube. If you want to go, hit the big red subscribe button. You can't miss it. That helps to support the show and make me feel good inside. So, thank you for doing that. All right, on today's show, which is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, who help you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash LockedOnNBA. Today we're digging into a very, very bad, no good weekend for your Toronto Raptors who fall to the Thunder in pretty embarrassing fashion on Friday night, although the Thunder are embarrassing all sorts of teams right now. 145 points on the Knicks at the Garden yesterday. They're they are weird and I hate it because it's making Sam Presti happy, or it's also making Sam Presti mad because he's not going to tank for Wemby. I don't know how to feel about it just yet, but either way, I know it was bad to watch the Raptors lose that badly to a not super talented, beyond shaky or just Alexander Team and then the Pacers on Sunday get crazy or Saturday get crazy hot from deep. The Raptors fall off a cliff in the second half after a very promising second quarter. And we're sitting here looking at a Raptors team that's seven and seven, riding a two game losing streak. The, the, the vibes are like not great. Uh, and joining me today is a man whose vibes are always great. He not only covers the Raptors for Raptors.com, but he's CTV World Cupsman. Uh, that's his name, right? Uh, <laughs> that's your title, Vivek <laughs> Jacob. How's it going, pal?
1: Yes, thank you for uh, that kind introduction. Very excited to be writing about the World Cup. Obviously not excited at all about the nasty things around it with Mm -hmm. regards to human rights and worker rights Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, But it's a huge opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think, quite the exercise in separating your brain from the sports and athletes on the field and the uh, horrible ghoulishness going on around it, but we trudge forward because if we didn't do that, then we wouldn't watch any sports, I guess, which maybe we shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> sure, certainly felt that way as we were watching the Raptors End lose End the podcast games. right now. <laughs> yeah, bye. what you do with your life? Quit it. <laughs> um, but no, it did feel not great watching the Raptors drop those two games against the Thunder and in Indy over the weekend. You figure, hey, you got this light stretch of schedule with pascal siakam out maybe the schedule gods are throwing you a bone and uh, not so much as those two teams while bad and will probably be very bad by season's end are playing pretty inspired right now and uh have good players and that's what happens in the nba when you're not ready for good players they're gonna come and bite you in the ass all right big v Biggest takeaway from the weekend at large. There's plenty to dive into here. I have a hunch as to where we're going to go off the top here, but I'll let you steer the ship, sir. What's your biggest takeaway
1: from an zero and two weekend for the Raptors? Well, it is that you know one of the hums I had before mm. uh, is playing out, and that is the team's overall consistency in effort and energy. Sure. Uh, it it fluctuates it's not something that you generally identify with this team Mm -hmm. um and i think that's why when i looked at this stretch looking at these games against okc indiana detroit now um yeah it's a lighter part of the schedule but because Mm -hmm. of their inconsistency and effort and energy i didn't feel great about it on top of that We are not at the stage. This isn't Feb, March, April, where these teams are absolutely (laughs) tanking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and Shay
0: Gilgis Alexander is yet to pick up a strange, bizarre ankle spur or something like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so, with that, with the combination of those two factors, I was like, okay, this is going to be tough. And uh, again, (laughs) all of that is, you know, uh, even further amplified by the fact that there's no Pascal Siakam. And mm-hmm. now you had Fred Van Vliet miss the game against Indiana. Um, he might likely would have been enough of a difference to win that game uh, mm-hmm. with the effort and energy that they, they did show on that night. And so I think that is something that uh, should continue to be monitored as the season goes on because it's a huge part of their identity.
0: Yeah, totally. Like if your whole thing is we're really hard to play against and like that that's kind of like where half of our points come from in some way, shape, or form, then yeah, that that's going to drag down your performance if the effort is lagging. And look, I think it has to be stated. They're missing four players right now, three of whom are, or figured before the season, were going to be heavy rotation pieces, and two all-stars and Pascal and Fred Van Vliet. Precious she is massive for the defense. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Raptors are really struggling to contain teams on that end right now without Siakam and Precious, and then, of course, Fred on Saturday. Like, those are three of their five or six best defenders. It's a lot to, to cope with. Not to mention, I think Kem Birch would be especially valuable Valuable right now with the struggles Christian Coloco has been having over the last week or so, just like a veteran dude to throw in there who kind of knows what to do, knows where to stand, all of that, um, that, 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 that matters. And you wonder, like with rotation pieces missing and the burden being on OG and, and Scotty Barnes and to a lesser extent, Gary Trent Jr. to kind of drive the bus you probably would imagine that's going to sap energy on the other end, but that hasn't always been a problem for them in the past, so certainly something to keep an eye on. They were super injured all last year and still tried like crazy people uh, for 48 minutes most nights. Um, that said, they had their struggles against lesser competition, and hopefully this is not a sort of beginning of a trend. We haven't seen them play too many bad teams so far this year. They ran the Spurs off the floor in their first game against kind of a dummy opponent, um, but yeah, like it, it, it was, this is was a bugaboo for them last year, too. They probably win 50 plus games if they just take care of business a few more times and so we'll see the the defense like is there anything here I'm not gonna talk about the defense I'm actually gonna talk about why I don't actually know if there's anything here how about that this is my biggest takeaway from the weekend I don't think any of this matters I feel like evaluating the Raptors season is on pause until Pascal Siakam gets back because of how important he is to the team if you go, let's just say, I don't know, you ever uh, go to a little place called McDonald's, Big V? Have you, you ever you ever consumed some of their their, their yes, fine products? <laughs> okay, so you go to McDonald's and you get yourself a quarter pounder with cheese. And then once you get it home, you take the patty off, the the, the, the sandwich is going to suck. There'll be some like, oh, that's a nice little pickle. Ooh, that's a nice, a nice sauce mixture or whatever. But for the most part, it sucks because the patty's not there. Pascal Siakam is the patty and like he's that good he's that important to what this team does in every aspect of the game from defense to offense to transition that i just i don't know if any of the struggles we've seen from other guys on the roster since siakam went down can be attributed to really anything other than siakam's not there everything gets way harder for everybody he brings this joy and happiness to the team he orchestrates the fast break which is when they're at their very best like without him It's all kind of falling like a house of cards, and I don't know if you should be all that surprised. This is life when you have a top 10 player in the NBA. They go out. It's a big dent in what you're going to be able to do. Like, am I being too dismissive of issues we've seen over the last week to say this is basically all a siakam thing and things will be totally fine once he's back are there things that are maybe kind of outside of the siakam realm of influence you think are kind of percolating here because i just am having a really hard time taking any of these losses to mean anything more than pascal siakam is really good and you should probably get some extra juice for his mvp case because of this last week or so
1: i think you're right in terms of the growing pains that come with pascal being out And the demands that places on other players, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, to stick with your McDonald's analogy, (laughs) even if you take off the patty, Mm -hmm. you're not going to blame the person um, who made it at McDonald's if they've got everything in there, Mm -hmm. right? If they've done the right things to put all the ingredients ingredients there, Mm -hmm. they've done their job, right? Sure. And so I think that's where the lack of consistency in um, effort, energy; those are things that you can hold the team accountable for. Sure. And to me, the way they came out in that first half, pretty much the whole game against OKC, um, was uh, like that's unacceptable. It was real like, bad, man. That was yeah. some
0: ugly
1: stuff. Yeah. Yeah and so I think those are the things that you can hold the team accountable for and say, it doesn't matter that Pascal Siakam is out Mm -hmm. when it comes to those factors. Right. Sure. Uh, and so, um, I think, you know, when I see a team get outscored like crazy in the fourth quarter on the second night of a back to back that I, I understand more. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I think those things can happen. But what happened in the first half of the first end of the back-to-back, that you can't excuse. Because Fred was there for that one too. And and you look at Scotty Barnes in that first half, and then you look at the way he played in the second half, it was night and day. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: um, we can talk about the ankle, but I don't see how he goes from being what he was in that first half to what he was in that second half Mm -hmm. with the ankle being as big of an issue as people have made it out to be.
0: Well, this is why we podcast together, my friend, because you just served up the next segment on a platter. We're going to get to it in just a second. We're going to talk about Scotty Barnes and his uh, pretty bad week overall. Some pretty jarring numbers to see from the last four games from Scotty Barnes. We'll dig into that in just one second and talk about whether he's bad now and whether they should trade him for parts. We'll talk about that in a sec. But first, should tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, who are the best place to go to find qualified candidates when you are making a business, a hire for your business. And look, when you're hiring for your business, there's no more important thing. It's a huge, huge Wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you got the right person. You can do that by checking out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do—it's super easy. You go into LinkedIn Jobs, you create a job post, and then you put the purple hiring frame around your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. People see the purple hiring frame, they say, "Ooh, there's a company I should go apply for," and they do. And then the candidates who fit what you're looking for are then presented to you, just like a beautiful lineup for you to choose from. You get to interview them all uh, at your own leisure. It's all right there for you. They got simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who'd like to interview and hire. Don't waste your time interviewing people who don't fit the job just because they applied. LinkedIn is going to help this make this process way more efficient for you. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality, hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash That's linkedin.com slash to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day, talking about a very bad 0-2 weekend for your Toronto Raptors, who are back in action tonight against none other than Dwayne Casey uh, (laughs) and the Pistons. So it will be guaranteed L night once again. But after that, maybe there's greener pastures ahead. There will not be, however, if Scotty Barnes continues to play as roughly as he's played over the last four games since the second half of the back-to-back with the Bulls. I'm going to read off some numbers here for you, Big V. 10.3 10.3 points, 6.8 boards, not bad, or sorry, 6.5 boards, 4.8 assists, which again, hints at a floor there that's still there. He's still playmaking for dudes. It's great to see. Um, I'm going to let you guess. What do you think his true shooting percentage, Scotty Barnes' true shooting percentage is over the last four games, Big V? What you got? I am going to go with 42. Much lower, thirty-five point six. We are beneath the Malachi Flynn zone with Scotty Barnes's true shooting percentage over the last four games. Uh, and I don't know, it, it's been rough. the The effort was certainly not there as well. We saw that in particular in the first half of that Thunder game. It was like a bizarre vibes game from Scotty Barnes, like yelling at dudes for mistakes that he made. Uh, you know, just kind of seeming like he was totally out of the action. And then something happened because the second half comes around. Someone yelled at him or something, and he just, oh, I'm just going to drive and attack every single every single time I have the ball now. Um, I, I think process-wise, it looked pretty okay for Scotty for the most part over this last week. There have been some stretches, obviously, where it's not been there, but I remarked upon this against uh, after the Rockets game where he only shot 6 of 16, but he was posting up like a madman, trying to get into the teeth of the defense, make stuff happen from there. I thought he had a pretty good game or stretch of... You know, play in the first half as well against the Pacers. But again, it's kind of been all over the place. What are you seeing from Scotty Barnes right now? Are there any like gravely concerning red flags other than or maybe the effort's just the only thing it kind of feels like it's the only thing because when he tries he's awesome the touch is obviously a little bit wobbly right now I, I, that feels like something that's sort of like a small sample weirdness thing he's always been very good in close around the basket short mid-range that type of stuff so I don't know if that's anything to really worry about here but it's been a rough stretch for Scotty Barnes what's your level of concern and, and where are the areas that you think are really kind of failing him right now?
1: Yeah, see, I have no problem with bad games with good process, right? Sure. And you mentioned the Rockets game. I thought the Pacers, too, in large part, there was good process, um, mm-hmm. and he was doing the right things. And uh, you know, the way they came out in that first half, like Scotty was a big part of that. Some uh, pretty
0: kick-ass cross-court passes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sure. one
1: left-handed skip pass to the corner. Uh, Whew. Yeah, Whew. like like that. <laughs> <laughs> is just special, right? And so mm-hmm. um this is this entire conversation is with regards to like him getting to that ultimate ceiling um yeah. that we envision for him, right? Sure. Like
0: top 10 player in the league. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I think he's he's going to be uh, you know, a top 30, top 40 pro- uh, player like no problem. Right. Like might already n- be. Even. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's about getting to that highest level. And mm-hmm. the encouraging thing is like we do we, we do see that he does get up for like the really big games. Right. Yeah. Like those star studded matchups. He does, you know, we, from what little bit we saw in the playoffs, he enjoys those moments. Right. So that is like extremely encouraging. Right. Mm-hmm. It's getting him to bring the hard hat for these games, right? Where, you know, it is a, an OKC on a Saturday or a Sunday, mm-hmm. whatever it was. <laughs> Friday? Yeah. It's, Friday? Every day is the cool. same in OKC. <laughs> every day is a Monday there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I think that is the, challenges, the challenge that he faces. And this is something that I'm not just bringing up because of the performance against OKC. This is something Mm -hmm. that happened time to time last season as well. Um, And I will say that as the season progressed, he definitely got better at it. Like Mm -hmm. he was mostly very consistent, especially after the all star break. Like it was like that all star break had given him exactly what he needed. And he came Mm -hmm. out of that with Fred struggling. Like he was a huge part of that surge. Obviously Pascal being first, but yeah, uh, I think, you know, we saw enough moments. Like I remember there was a game where it was like two, three minutes in where Nick Nurse just yanked him out of there. Yeah. He just, he just didn't look at it at all. Um, sure. There was, there was the game in Dallas where, you know, a lot of people get crossed over by Luka Doncic, but he just like gave up and gave yeah. up the open shot. There were, there was a warning sign in that game, like in the first half when he did it. And then he gave it up again in the fourth quarter on a late shot by Luca, that kind of sealed the game. And you could see Nick was just furious, right? So Mm -hmm. these these are things that we've seen. And so for me, I sort of just bookmark them as like, as we say, assess Scotty five years from now, we will say that, you know, this is one of the things that he either overcame or didn't overcome in terms of getting to his ceiling. You know, sure, and sure. even five years later, like there will still be time to get to his ceiling because he's yeah. so young. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a little baby. Yeah. It's a <laughs> so, again, the context of this conversation needs to be placed right. This yeah. is by no means saying that, oh, this is who he is. And therefore, he is not going to be, you know, a top 10 player in the league someday or whatever it is. It's just saying, hey, These are sort of, you know, the same way you would talk about his point of attack defense and say, hey, this is something he needs to improve at. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of too vertical on those and he pushes up way too high when he should probably give give himself some breathing room um, because he's so long. The same way you look at the inconsistency of effort and say, hey, this is something that needs to improve for him to get to that ceiling.
0: Yeah, I think that's well taken. That doesn't not that's not going to stop me from editing out the chunk of the podcast and making it sound like you think Scotty Barnes is bad. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that clip is forthcoming. Um, but no, I I joke. I guess for me, I all well taken points, and the fact that he takes nights off against bad teams in particular, like you don't want to see that, of course. I, I guess I. Don't see it being a thing that's going to impede his progress all that much as long as he's not doing it against the teams that really matter. And maybe this is me just being too much like, ah, regular season's long, you can't try hard every night, sort of putting some of my own stuff into this analysis. where it's like, ah, you can't try 100% all the time, can you? That seems like really tiresome. But uh, let me play devil's advocate here. This is a team that gets hurt a lot. Uh, I'm starting to think maybe they, maybe get hurt because of how freaking hard they try all the time. Is it maybe okay that maybe their best player down the line is all right, making business decisions that are going to positively affect his health? I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just grasping at straws here. And the thing is just like, try harder, Scotty Barnes, and we don't have to talk about this stuff. Um, you know, I I just, I, I don't feel... All that concerned because he feels like he can turn it on with like the, it's not like a thing where he struggles with it over the course of a full game and there's just like no ability to turn it on like he very clearly was told something at halftime in that thunder game and turned it on in the blink of an eye and if you have that it's kind of a lot like some of those lebron Cavs teams to me where it's like yeah okay they weren't really great all the time they did not try that hard on defense all this stuff but like you knew they had the ceiling and they could tap into when it mattered most. And that's really what kind of powered them through and and got them to the heights they got to. And I kind of just feel like maybe that's the, the idea with Scotty Barnes here too. And look, maybe he eventually kind of f- finds a way to manage his energy and go nuts for 35 minutes a game and play with his full sort of playfulness and joy and all of that. But it, it's, to me, I just, I have a hard time because we've never really seen it when it matters most. And like you said, the playoffs, he was awesome. In the very short amount of time we saw, like it, the stuff that matters is there. And that's kind of been my way of looking at this team for the last two seasons, right? okay, yeah, there's going to be some issues with the bench and, you know, some weird rotations and stuff like that, but for the most part, the guys who matter have been really good, and that's why you kind of look forward with a lot of optimism. Kind of, I guess I'm opting for the same sort of level of optimism with Scotty Barnes, although I completely understand the concern because not trying, it's not great. <laughs> You're an NBA player. You should probably try all the time, um, and in particular, that first half, like, some of the defensive breakdowns from Scotty man, against the Thunder were, were just, like, pretty inexcusable, and, like, again, the vibe Vibes were just weird in that he, it, it seemed like he didn't care that people were just like pouring mid-rangers in over him as he didn't contest. I don't know. Do you have any last thoughts on the Scotty Barnes of it all? I kind of went for a long time there, but um, what are your sort of reads
1: on where this goes from here? No, I think we've covered all sort of the main points, and I, I think the only thing that can kind of seep through, like part of why... You wanna see his effort and intensity be consistent is because if that inconsistency is there, mm. um those possessions that he doesn't value enough, like mm. that can seep through in moments that do matter, right? Sure. And, and the, the team's
0: gonna take cues from their best players too, right? Which I exactly can Right. can imagine is why they were also inspired
1: when Pascal was around, because Pascal was like playing with the most Joey we've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, and so that that's the other part of it too, right? Like mm. if this team is eventually Scotty's one day, right? Um, and say in a hypothetical, like Fred isn't around or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, what th- whatever that team looks like, right? Scotty has to be that leader, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not comparing them as players, but you see how much Kawhi benefited from the leadership that was around in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Um, you see how much he benefited from the leadership he had in Toronto, right? Mm -hmm. Like his personality, I don't think it caters to being the absolute leader of a team. Sure. Um, because he doesn't seem like the most vocal guy. Um, he's gonna take nights off right. And just be absent. Um, and so I think in that same way, you know, maybe if this is something that continues, right, then you would hope that, you know, there is that guy like a Fred who mm. is every night like, hey, this is, you know, this is how we're going <laughs> to, you yeah. know, ride this ship.
0: For sure. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly a thing to keep an eye on long term because, yeah, like. It's almost, it's not even like, he's a way, he's like the opposite personality to Kawhi, right? But it might be a similar thing of like, maybe he's just like not serious enough. Like he just is too fun loving to be like that sort of guy who owns the room. At the same time, like he he does seem like a dude who also kind of wants to rip your throat out when he's like kind of on. And so I, I hold hope that it'll kind of even out here. Um, and I also just like, maybe this is just blind trust in the front office, but I feel like this is a thing they screen for, right? Like they, they they are very, very, um, aware of what everyone, how everyone's kind of wired when they draft them. And I I don't think they would have made such a big bet on Scotty Barnes if they didn't think he could kind of be that sort of center of the team leader of men type. Um, you know, it's hard to say, like everyone's different, right? He's also 21 and you don't stay the same as you were when you were 20 for the rest of your life. So
1: like, just to quickly go off that yeah. again, you know, whether it was in high school where he had, you know, a Cade with him, whether it was after where he's, you know, coming off the bench, you know, Florida state, like in terms of, um, you know, his. Personality on the court, in terms mm-hmm. of his effort and intensity on the court being the focal point for 40 minutes or whatever it may be, right? This is probably his real first crack at it, right? Totally. Yeah. And he's got to learn, right? And it's so, hard. Again, <laughs> we're just marking this as something that he's got to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And he's so young that he has so much time, um, but it's just something that's on the board as a can improve. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I do like, yeah, it is no different than any sort of on-court skill. Uh, I like that you've kind of made that connection, because then it totally holds water. Turns out, Big V, smart. Uh, (laughs) We're going to continue on. We're going to round out. We're going to run through a rapid fire, good, bad, and hmm from the weekend. Before we do that, however, just a reminder that our friends over at Bet Online are bringing you today's show. They are the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's where you go to become the informed wager instead of me, who's a dum-dum, who just goes and makes bets and loses. Uh, Uh, go be smart and get informed get all the information you need before you go and bet get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball soccer esports got it all at betonline.net the world cups coming up baby there's soccer all day long starting I I guess like six days from now it's unbelievable Uh, so be sure to go and uh, read up on who you should be putting money on who you think is going to win the tournament all that stuff betonline has you covered there they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device learn more online is where the game starts and we continue on here rounding up the show with the good the bad and the hmm from a weekend that skewed more towards bad than anything else what do you got for good big v let's lighten the mood
1: here what do you got for good coming off of a pair of weekend losses uh the good is that that weekend is over um <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um, you know like like Nick Nurse says, there's there's games where things aren't executed to the point where it's kind of pointless to even like study the film because mm-hmm. if if you don't actually execute, yeah. then you What's can't really, to study? Yeah, you can't you can't really <laughs> understand you know why it failed, right? Yeah. Um. So you these are like that OKC game, like you definitely highlight the plays where you can see a lack of effort, lack of commitment. Um. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I think you kind of flush it and say, okay, what we did against Indiana was much better, um, not defensively, but Mm -hmm. in terms of effort, in terms of commitment, that is more of what you want to see again over this stretch. Like you said, big picture, Pascal is not there. It's going to be very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be judging this team so much on like wins and losses, Mm -hmm. but the process absolutely is something that you can hold them accountable for.
0: Absolutely. Uh, My good big V is uh, whatever the hell is going on with OG and Anobi. I don't know what kind of breakout is happening here, but there's a breakout happening here of some sorts, and it's pretty awesome to behold. He's dunking everything in existence. He is looking more confident as like a second side driver. You know, obviously there's still going to be issues with him creating on his own, just with the way his handle works and the way he kind of keeps the ball low and all that, but uh, way more positives than negatives in that department. And the Raptor are just like really good when he's on the floor. Um, So far this season, Pascal has the biggest on-off split of any player on the team. This has swung drastically over the last week, of course, as you might expect. Uh, But the Raptors are 12.1 points per 100 possessions better with Siakam. The next best player on the team OG Ananobi, 9.3 points better. It was up to 17 points better at the start of this week, I should say. I had a piece I was going to write about this. It was like, oh, well, it's not as serious as it used to be because it was so wild uh, a swing, and he was so tied to the Raptors' success. Still very much tied to it. Also, Scotty Barnes, plus 8.9. He's very good, as it turns out, as well. Um, but yeah, the uh, he's just doing everything. He's also doing this one very cool thing, I've noticed, Uh, And maybe this is just me picking up a couple things and it's not actually a trend to watch, but it seems like he's kind of figured out how to close out and contest step-back jumpers. Have you noticed this? Where, like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe it was Tyrese Halliburton or maybe Matherin or Shea, for example, on Friday. Like, goes in, does a little, like, you know, dribble move stuff has a little step back and OG is like doing this like pirouette contest thing where yeah. he's still keeping a hand up while not getting out. Of- it's insane. I don't feel like-, like this needs to be talked about more. This like weird OG pirouette contest where he doesn't foul the shooter, stays vertical, but is still getting a hand up. It's ridiculous. Have you been noticing this too? Or is it just me?
1: Yeah, so the reason I smiled and didn't say much is because um, I will have a story on OG coming out. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> and it's got a lot of, uh, you know, cool defensive stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically my OG for Defensive Player of the Year uh, piece. Get um, that
0: propaganda in early, baby. We yeah. love it. <laughs> and
1: he, yeah, no, you were absolutely right. He has been remarkable. Um as good as a defender that he, he's been over the course of his career, mm-hmm. uh, it's just at another level right now. You mentioned Benedict Matherin. Mm. You know, I've watched Matherin play other games and I was like, man, this is a, like a high quality athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And as he continues to like process the game, he could be something special. And then I saw him stand next to OG Ananobi and I was like, why does Benedict look small? <laughs> <laughs> like, was it just me? But like, there were times yeah. where Mathurin I mean, cool. was like, like trying to drive five, on Right. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mathurin was yeah. trying to drive on him and I was like, man, OG looks huge. <laughs> he's, um, man. Yeah. Something's and, happening. And like the ball pressure, he's applying, getting all those steals and um, you know, I, I'd love for Nick Nurse to just let him defend one on one even more, um, instead of being so heavy with the scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like I, I think the same way Nick Nurse has told Christian Coloco to just like, you know, take as many swings as possible with the blocks, mm-hmm. I, I think he's told OG the same thing with the steals take as many swings as you want. And <laughs> mm-hmm. he is, he is, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a high risk high reward thing, but mm-hmm. his recovery is so good that it it's almost like a low to medium risk and high reward thing. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like if a Yankees manager Aaron Boone were like, Aaron Judge,
0: go take some swings out there. Uh, <laughs> like it's yeah, that's a cool green light to give. You should be doing that. Um yeah. He's awesome. He's so good. He's been the most fun part of the season. Ah, Pascal is pretty awesome too, but OG has been just a delight. Um, the bad. What you got for your bad? Let's rapid fire through these last couple uh, sections of the pod here quickly here. Big V, what's your bad?
1: I mean, honestly, at this point, like you have to say the injuries, right? Like it is frustrating. It sucks, man. It sucks. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's really frustrating because you look at the last few seasons and you were kind of like, okay, you know, at some point things have got to break, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have a nice stretch, but that just hasn't been the case. Like you look back on how unlucky Pascal was to literally like sw- slip on a wet spot. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Kem continuing to deal with, uh, although it's the other knee now, apparently. And so yeah. you hope that he can get through that issue. Um, Fred, all of a sudden non COVID illness, um, yeah, this this is something that just doesn't seem to escape the thing, and it's uh, escaped the team, and it's frustrating.
0: It's even more frustrating too, in a way. And like, it's good that this hasn't happened, but they haven't had like the one like catastrophic guys out for injury, right? Like knocking all the wood you have in your <laughs> vicinity. But like, they they haven't had that. But when you have that kind of injury, it allows you to like reorient the team around your new norm and try to find some sort of normality that's not the case with you're just you've got guys in and out like for three four games at a time six games here eight games there it, it's just it's so for a team that's built on continuity it's impossible to build any from night to night because of one random guy's out and you know you're got you're introducing guys back in they still manage to win a lot of games despite this being the case which is even more frustrating it's just yeah the injury is bad uh good call on that one big v really to go out on a limb uh <laughs>
1: I mean, we, we are accurate. the yeah. inconsistency of effort and intensity and all of that. I didn't want to get into yeah. that again. <laughs> no, you're totally right. Uh, I'm just being a,
0: a mean person. No, uh, <laughs> my bad is Gary Trent Jr., who, again, this feels like a Siakam thing so obviously. Like, he was so good tethered to Siakam. He is such a great finisher of Siakam-led transition breaks. Uh, you know, he, he's just he's such a benefactor of everything Siakam does to break down a defense at point A. Trent is often the benefactor at point E or whatever the uh, the possession, you know, progresses towards, and she's just not getting those looks right now, and it's just more difficult for him, and so that's my bad. My hmm, or let's go with your hmm first. What you got for your hmm today?
1: Well, for the hmm, I am going to go with uh, Chris Boucher has like this in-between shot now. Mm Hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, think it's really interesting. I wonder like when it goes, when he goes up, like, and I'm talking about, you know, that little, like, it, and he's been doing it more in like late clock scenarios where he has no other choice. And it's like a little bit of a fade. Sometimes it's a bit, a bit of a push shot and he's been making them pretty consistently, so it's something that I want to see now play out, you know, over a longer stretch, is this something that he just has in his bag now? And can go to, um, and if he does, you know it's nice to have that option. There's there's times where he's even pulled up uh, off off the dribble, mm-hmm. um, and taken mid rangers right? <clears throat> and so these little things uh, are improvements in players that I love to see. It's crazy the consistency with which it goes in right now because mm. it looks like an awkward shot, but <laughs> uh, that is my hmm. I don't know if it's something that you've noticed as well. Yeah, I mean, he, I just feel like
0: Boucher altogether, he had that like weird spell this past week where he kind of was quiet for a couple of games, but he's just so impactful at everything. He's kind of like decent at a lot of things. And I, uh, I I love watching him play, man. He's a delight. And he probably should be getting more run than he's even getting right now, especially while Pascal's out. Um let's go with my my home is uh, malachi flynn played 35 minutes over the weekend that snuck up on me real quick um look he shot just three of nine in the game saturday but he had a couple of really nice finishes he hit a three um I, grabbing rebounds and going is he like playing his way into nick nurse's good graces here big v what's your read on malachi flynn
1: uh i like the way he played against indiana i thought yeah. he gave some really good minutes and you know i think defensively there was more of, you know, matchups that worked for him and, mm-hmm. you know, you're not forced into a constant hide him mode. Um, and then I think offensively, I thought he, he played with just a lot of freedom, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, obviously part of that is missing Pascal and Fred and like guys just have to take on bigger roles and, you know, Nick's probably looking at him and saying, Hey, whatever you got, we'll take. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think especially like that freedom he showed where um, he almost lost the dribble and then Indiana is trying to, you know, realign their defense and he's like, oh, I've got an open shot here. I'm just going to shoot it. Mm -hmm. Right. That sort of freedom of expression is what you want from Malachi. And I think that's how you get the best out of him.
0: Definitely, like you got to see better than one of five from three for sure. Like he, he's got to be knocking those down, catch yeah. and shoots all the, all that. But like, yeah, the process was there, and uh, you know, another guy who can dribble, not a bad thing, especially as they're depleted guys. I, I'm consider me intrigued. This is what the point of this segment is. Is I don't, I'm not fully bought in. He might play four minutes tonight, and it'll be back to square one. But uh, thirty-five minutes over two games, that's that, like that's that's notable. I think for. Nick Nurse's rotation patterns. We're going to wrap it up there. Big V, thanks so much for hanging. As always, anything you would like to promote for the good people out there. I know you got lots.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I'll have stuff coming for Raptors.com. I'll have uh, continued coverage of the World Cup for CTV News. And besides that, you can follow all my work on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob for as long as Twitter is up and running.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, we'll be going down with the ship, I'm sure, but, uh, unless someone else wants to find a platform where I can send my stuff out to a bunch of strangers at once, uh, it's gonna be where I am for now, too. I'm at Woodley Sean over there, you can find the show at Locked on Raptors, I got my Substack post touches, I'll have a post coming this week, keep an eye out for that, uh, hopefully two posts, really, I, I don't wanna overpromise, cause again, very bad at holding myself to deadlines, but, there will be something coming in the next day or two here, hopefully, with, uh, the, the, the nice sprinklings of the, the joy of a win over the Pistons tonight, making it a little bit of a happier piece. Either way, we'll round it out there. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on sports today. Pete Bukowski bringing you all of the information of what happened in the sports world the night before so you don't miss a thing and are up to date when you go to the water cooler and are trying to talk sports with your pals. All right, we'll round it out there. We'll talk to you again Tuesday as I'll break down Raptors Pistons. Till then, have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.